Here at Visit with Spirit, we are not out to prove or disprove anything. We are not asking anyone to believe or not believe. We are asking that you, the listener, are compassionate to what our guests have experienced, whether or not you believe, that you respect their journey as we help them on their path of healing. Welcome to Visit with Spirit, and we're here to listen to stories from those who have had a paranormal experience, as well as to help them process, understand, and feel good about it. Hello, souls and spirits. Welcome to another episode of Visit with Spirit. I'm your host, Lisa. And I'm your host, JD. And today we have Jeannie from Hollowell, Maine, owner of Heartfelt Energies, a holistic and spiritual service center. Thank you, Jeannie, so much for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. So what was your first experience that led you to learn more about your gifts? Well, like many journeys, there are many stops and starts. And I've always been something. And when I was little, I didn't understand what that something was. But I've always been an empath, which means I've always been able to feel. Feel emotions, feel spirit, feel your stuff, my stuff, and everybody else's stuff. When I was little, I knew I was different. For starters, I always knew it was going to rain because I could smell the earth and I could smell when it was going to rain. And I knew it was different, but I didn't know how. So I grew up in a family that was interesting to live in if you were an empath. And then I brought those experiences forward to in my 20s and married someone that was really nice guy. It's not a really nice guy for me. And when we got divorced, I made a decision that I was going to get better no matter what. And I walked that journey, improved over time, and it also started my spiritual journey, too. I got divorced in 1996, and I really started my spiritual journey in part because of my divorce and in part because I wanted to get better. And it started with tarot. It moved to something called Reiki. It moved to something else called Primus Activation Healing Technique that led to my Mesa carrier work. And I've spent many, many years reading tarot cards for my friends and family. And in 2010, when I opened my business, Heartfelt Energies, I really wanted to be a holistic energy practitioner. And I love doing that. And I do that for a lot of people. And when I was doing fairs, I also needed to draw in a different modality too. So I became quote unquote pro at reading tarot cards. One of the most current things came was mediumship. So for a really long time, I did, I, I'm like, I'm not a medium. I'm not a medium. I'm not a medium. The whole time I was a medium, by the way, but I wouldn't admit it to myself because I was really afraid of it because I didn't want Uncle Charlie to show up at the end of my bed and say, hey, can you tell my wife or Aunt Betty this, that, and the other thing? So I'm like, nope, I'm not. And then I started doing psychic dinners for people. Me and a group of colleagues went out to restaurants and the people who came to see us had dinner. And in that process, had a psychic reading and all those lovely people, and they were truly lovely because I've met some amazing people through this career. They go, hey, I want to talk to so-and-so. And I'm like, nope, I don't do that. And so finally I gave in and admitted, and it was a rough admission to be a medium. And then and the whole time the universe is laughing at me, like, you've been a medium the whole time, lady. You do understand that, right? <laughs> and so it took a long time for me to be able to admit that that 
that piece of it. I, I could be a tarot card reader. I could read energy. I could be an empath. I could be anything. I wasn't all that excited to be a medium. And now I laugh at myself because it's nothing like you think it's going to be. So, and like before we started, we were talking about boundaries. And if you put boundaries around it, it works out fine. It's interesting. You and I have a very similar journey, even timeline wise, in terms of accepting the mediumship and starting professionally. Like you, I was very reluctant and I kind of laughed when somebody said I was a medium. So I completely resonate with that. When you do or when you connect empathically, are you more physically oriented? Like, do you get more physical sensations or is it more emotional or both? I think it's both. I think younger when I didn't have the boundaries that I have now, it was certainly emotional. And I wanted to go fix everybody and I wanted to change everybody. And I wanted to like, here's the offering. Why aren't you taking it? And it Mm. took a while for me to figure out that I'm the only person that I can fix and change. Yes. And it's a gigantic waste of time. And it's exhausting when you try to run around trying to fix and change everybody. It doesn't work. Oh God, that's such a good lesson. But like I said, when I first started, when I was younger, it was certainly emotional and it, it was really hard to discern what was mine and what was not. And now it's both. Depending on what the client is radiating, it depends whether or not it's physical or emotional and both. Like I did an energy session with a friend of mine today who was poor lady. She sprained her knee and then came down with shingles. Oh, yeah, I know. So I was working on her today and this wave of nausea came and this headache and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, okay, it's not mine. So let's work through it. And then I got to her hip and it, her pain took my breath away. So I'm like, okay, we got to work on that. So it's both spirit directs me, spirit gives me feelings and I can see colors. Sometimes I see smells. Sometimes I can taste, especially if I'm doing energy work. So I'm one of the people that have all the clairs. Yeah, me too. And Jeannie, you hit on something interesting too, as an empath, the word waves. And I think that's the best Mm. way to describe it. If you are questioning if you're an empath or not, or are these feelings mine or these somebody else's? I think the wave thing is actually like a really great description because when I feel somebody else's emotions, it does come over me in a wave. It's all of a sudden I'll feel anxious or depressed or, or scared or sad. And then it leaves and then it comes back and then it leaves and then it comes back. And it really is such a great way to discern other people's energy from yours. So that was such a great word to use wave. And I just wanted to, to point that out. I do think just my personal experience, I think of all the clairs, meaning seeing, hearing, feeling, touching, and tasting, because you can do all that in spirit in addition to your human Mm -hmm. body. For me, and I like to do some research on it to see if this is really true. I think being an empath is the hardest because you know what you're seeing, you know what you're hearing, but feeling is really difficult because nobody comes up to you and says, hey, you're an empath and this is what it feels like and this is what it's like and these are the things you can do to discern and these are the things you can do to stop that wave of energy coming to you. So just my personal experience, as much as I love being an empath, it's also a very, I don't want to use the word difficult, but it's disorienting. Disorienting and interesting gift to deal with. Yes. One of my first gifts I recognized as a gift was clairsentience. And I would get these feelings of sickness. Mm-hmm. And I knew that communication was coming. I knew it was related somehow to communication. 
but I would never know where or who, like, was it a phone call? Did something happen to somebody? Like, was it getting an email? So I knew it had communication, but it's a similar sentiment for almost every empath whose primary gift is empath, where they almost become jealous of the other gifts. And I know I've had to tell them, like, don't be jealous. Just learn your symbols. Right, right. Learn your symbols. Because as soon as you learn what each sensation or feeling means, oh my gosh, it all starts to open up. And then actually other gifts start opening up too. Right, right. It's definitely a journey in that regard. The universe doesn't give us more than that we can handle. They might give us more than we want, but it's not anything we can handle. (laughs) And it's definitely that journey that you were talking about. And that I kind of alluded to first, the empath came and then the smells came. And then the last thing to come was the clairvoyant. And I'm really good with people that I know who are on the other side. I can see them clearly. I can hear them clearly. And that I felt comfortable with. But until I surrendered and said, fine, then it, it was easier. I think something for audience to keep in mind, too, is that all of these gifts are accessible to them. and especially. As babies and children, we are at our most empathic and clairsentient, and it isn't until the world tries to shut it down or desensitize or say, oh, no, you're not really feeling that, or no, you're not really seeing that, that if you have children or you're around children, don't shut that down for them. You don't have to foster if you don't necessarily believe in it, but you can acknowledge, at least acknowledge that they are feeling what they're feeling. And I think that's so important. And as adults, like, don't shut it down. If you're getting a feeling, a sensation, emotion, acknowledge it. Yeah. And again, you don't don't have to do anything with it if you don't want to, but acknowledge that it's there. For your own peace of mind. Mm. Yes. For listeners, one great exercise to practice and learn your symbols is yes and no. Um, Just find a quiet place to just sit and just be with yourself and tell yourself a true statement. The sky is blue and feel how yes feels. See how what the sensations are for a yes answer and get to know that. And then tell yourself a statement that isn't true. You know, the grass is purple and see how no sets in you. See if you get symbols, what you hear, what you smell, what you feel and start to just learn your yes and your no And that can actually just really start to set you on the path for learning more about how your gift works for you. Yes. I really like that example because when I talk about, it kind of relates to like how a lie feels and how the truth Mm. feels. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as impasse, you can't really lie to us because we know what that feels like. And, you know, we might not say anything, but we're like, liar, liar, pants and fire. It's a different resonance of energy. Like when you say that untrue statement, there's a resonance of energy that comes with that or a feeling and truth and lies feel very different. And lots of people look at me because I do a psychic or spiritual development class for people. And they're like, what are you talking about? So I love that analogy that you're doing because that ties into feelings really well. Oh, absolutely. When I run my circle, one of the exercises I do is I have them take a card from a deck and don't turn it over. Just keep it upside down. Put your hand over it. Usually your receiving hand, whichever one that is. And just feel the energy. See what you get. What do you see here? You know, in some cases, smell or taste. Draw the shapes you get, the colors you get. And then 
before you turn it over, write down what each of those things mean to you. Because the color, like, let's say you get the color green, but you turn it over and it's red, but it's heart-based. Well, the heart chakra for some people shows up as green. Right. Or growth. So learning the symbols is just, it, it's one of the quickest ways that that everybody can develop their own intuition, which, you know, I love that you teach that as well. I think it's so important to help people come into their own. And to, for those of us on our spiritual journey and those of us starting that things change over time, especially I had a conversation yesterday with somebody about tarot and she was saying, I get one thing, but that's not what the the book says it's supposed to be. I'm like, well, that's exactly what's supposed to be happening because you build a relationship with your deck or your cards with that Oracle or tarot. And things change over time. And, you know, I use the example for me, the devil card is for me. When that shows up for me, I know that the client is in some form or fashion dealing with addiction, dealing, and it might not be them. Lots of times it's not them. It's, oh, yeah. That it's addiction, that it's mental illness, that it's chaos, that it's confusion. And nowhere in the book does that say anything. But I have worked long enough to be able to, to go, oh, okay, this is what's on tap. For you in some form or fashion. You know, I love that as a symbol. I I may start integrating that. Feel free. I have one card that, and it's because I, I do Oracle as well. And there's one card in a very specific deck that every time I see it, it says, I forget what it says, but it means sleep issues for me. And I don't know how or why that came in, but whenever it comes up, it's like, yep, this person has severe sleep issues. Hmm. But nowhere in any of the cards. So I'm a big advocate of, you know, if you're learning the cards and you're using the book at first, that's great. But like the moment you can like set that aside and ignore it for your own symbols. Right. Yes. And I think you need that baseline. So you know, kind of what you're doing because all the modern decks, at least tarot are pretty much based off right away. So I feel like you need to know the gist of that story to be able to build your own because it gives you a foundation. And then take off from there. Absolutely. I actually just started using a Lenormand deck because there's only one meaning for each card. And I was like, oh, that's kind of helpful. And then as I'm using the deck, I'm like, no, there really isn't one meaning for each card because the symbols mean something different to everybody. And the combinations mean something different to everybody. So even though it's supposed to be a little more simplistic, I it's still just as open for interpretation as any other deck is. Yeah, exactly. And I've been working with the John Holland Psychic Tarot for the, of the Heart for years. Oh, I love that deck. So you know the Joy card, the Joy and Stability card with the huge circles in it? I'm not kidding you. I've been doing this. I switched over from right away years ago, and it wasn't until last week that I realized that there are images of people in the middle of that card. It was something that the client needed about that, and I'm like, I have never noticed that before. There's a person holding another person at the top of the yellow circle. And then there's a person or a representation of a person behind that. And then off to the side, I'm like, uh, now you're going to go get that card, aren't you? And take a look at it. Because I never, seriously, I never noticed that until last week because the person needed that symbol for that card. I'm like, I've been working this for years and I've never seen that before. Yes. Yes. That has happened to me in several decks, several times. And that's kind of how I teach cards. It's like, look at what pops out at you. Mm -hmm. Whatever pops out at you is what you're supposed to pay attention to. Not 
this card means this. Like I actually try not to use cards with, you know, how there's ones that have like entire paragraphs on the front. Oh yeah. Oh no, I don't like that. Like they're pretty. Like I yes. enjoy looking at them. Sometimes they're good for myself. Like, cause you know, we have our own biases and we don't always mm. want to read mm-hmm. our own information. Those cards are kind of good for like reading yourself, but reading for somebody else, I feel like it turns off your intuition. So that that's cool. We're definitely on the same vibe there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that I can read tarot for anybody, anywhere. Doesn't matter. I start to do tarot for myself and I look at the cards like I've never seen them before. So yes. I can't read tarot for me, but I can read Oracle cards for me because it mm-hmm. has those saying at the bottom and it, apparently I must get in my way a lot. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I can use Oracle, but to tarot, I'm like, I, I, I have no idea what this card means. Yet I could tell you 10 things about the card if I pulled it for you ladies. I actually have a set of runes that I've had for gosh, almost 30 years. And I only ever use those for myself. I can never use, that's like the, my set, you know, like mm-hmm. I can't use those yeah. for anybody else. And I, I don't really know why, but I can't use a deck for myself. Decks work so much better for everybody else. But for myself, I need to grab my little set of wooden runes that are just like, I love those things so much. And a friend of mine held them and she's like, oh, I don't like how those feel. Those are just for you. And I was like, yeah, you're right. They are just for me. <laughs> It's interesting how certain decks resonate for when I do readings. I love using the Enchanted Tarot, Amy Zerner and Monty Farber, because the imagery is actually tapestries that Amy created and turned into cards. And the imagery, the imagery is beautiful. And again, like every card, different pieces of the image pop out when you do a reading. So the same card can mean something so different. For everybody and again intuitively you just the the right pieces of the picture pop out to give the full story or you know for what they're looking for so it is really cool when you can eventually put the book aside and trust yourself on what the images are telling you you know i feel like the three of us should offer a card reading course together because man right there's some good info coming out <laughs> in this podcast <laughs> Oh, I just got chills of validation. So we have to do that. Oh! We have to figure out how to do that because <laughs> my whole right side just did the ginger ale chill thing. So yeah, we'll have to figure oh, out how to do that. I would, oh, I would love to do that. Uh, oh, yes. So, okay, listeners, keep an ear out. Yeah. And that actually leads me to the next question. Was there a specific experience that stood out for you to create heartfelt energies or was it, you know, a series of events? Like what inspired you to start your business? It was sort of a series of events. My divorce certainly played a part in that, a major part in that, but it really wasn't until I went to go get attuned to the energy modality that I work with that I adore. I love shamanism, but Primus came first. Primus activation healing technique really kicked it in for me. And I have a funny story actually about, so I went to get attuned and I have a friend of mine named Brian. Actually, that's kind of a funny story too. I have two friends named Brian and I have a friend who's hearing impaired and she never knew which one I was talking about. So each Brian has a unique sign. Like my friend who plays the guitar, whose name is Brian. When I say his name, I play guitar. It's carried over into other things too, not just for my hearing impaired friend. And then my friend, Brian, I kind of draw the energy down and I do the heart symbol for Brian. So my heart 
symbol Brian, who's a massage therapist and a Reiki person. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I really like it, blah, 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 blah. So I'm just kind of whining all over him. And in his frustration, he's like, stick your hands out. And I said, okay. And so he puts his hands over my hands and he says, what do you feel? And I said, hot and tingly, but that's you. (laughs) Literally gets in my face and says really loudly, no, Jeannie, that's you. And that was my, my like light bulb moment and went, oh my God, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said earlier, I started with Primus and I, and I still do energy work. And then that wasn't making the money that I needed it to be. And again, I reluctantly said, fine, I'll read for other people. So the combination of those two is what I do. Plus now I do spiritual life coaching and that kind of stuff, but that, and I have a tarot card teacher who got me to read tarot and my friend, Brian, who like literally got in my face and said, that's you. And that's kind of the precipice that started Heartfelt Energies. Now, I've never heard of the Primus modality. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. It was developed as part of another program that Samaya Astra created. It was early 2000s that she, like 90, between 99 and 2010, because I opened my business in 2010. And it's an energy modality and it's a meditation that she used as part of her crystal resonance therapy. And that is, if you love stones... That is a very intense two-year program. And if you love stones, that you should investigate that a little bit more. And then that was the meditation that got you into the crystal resonance therapy, quote unquote, state, because that was Primus too. And then she's like, hey, wait, this Primus is good enough to be able to stand on its own modality. She knew that it wasn't something like Reiki that's been around for thousands of years that she had to back it up with all this scientific information. So she went to quantum physicists and did this energy work with quantum physicists. So it has all this research behind it, all this scientific information behind it. And it is a specific energy state like Reiki is that raises your vibration, fills you with love, works with the earth's electromagnetic field in their earth energy, but also that universal force energy. And I describe it as having a massage for your soul. Very interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I fell in love with it. And then, like I said, my energy sessions that I do now are very Primus based and shamanically informed. Oh, that's so cool. Very cool. So if anybody wanted to contact you about some of your services, what's the best way for them to reach you? What are the other modalities that you offer? Feel free to tell us more about the Heartfelt Energies community. Sure. Through Heartfelt Energies on Facebook. I also have my own website, heartfeltenergies.com, H-E-A-R-T-F-E-L-T-E-N-E-R-G-I-E-S. So Heartfelt Energies, like more than one energy. So heartfeltenergies.com. I'm a little bit on Twitter. I'm a little bit on Instagram. Instagram makes me feel old, but I digress. And so I do tarot and mediumship energy work. I also do spiritual life coaching. I teach classes. I do seminars and workshops. I do something called meeting your spirit guides. I do a lot of introduction classes, like introduction to crystals, introduction to energy work. I do an ongoing psychic development or spiritual development class. And because I haven't thought of a better word, I don't like the word protection, but it's like a spiritual clearing, spiritual protection, lack of a better word, class too. So I've run, not now, but 
I used to run fairs in Maine, and I did a spring and fall equinox in Bangor, Maine, which is northern Maine. And I also do what's called Mystic Fest on Maine in Winthrop, which is really cool. We did our first event last fall, and it was, I didn't really have any expectations that I was hoping that the spiritual providers that I came on board, it was a really unique event. And I was really hoping that they weren't twiddling their thumbs all day, and (laughs) they weren't. It was the first time we did it, and it exploded. I sat down at 1030, and I got up at three o'clock, because the event ended at three o'clock, and I still could have gone on to like five with readings. Wow, that's amazing. People came out in droves. What happened was that we went in established businesses, like there was a table tipper in U.S. Cellular. I happened to be at a restaurant doing readings. A friend of mine was selling stones at a restaurant across the street. There was a person that does spiritual kids curriculum. She was up the street. There was another stone vendor in another restaurant. So I took the existing restaurants that were interested and I sprinkled psychic vendors throughout the downtown area. And oh, that is awesome. People loved it. And it was so successful. We're going to do it in the spring again, too, like in May. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. That is incredible. That is awesome to be able to not only, oh my gosh, promote your business, but other psychic businesses and other businesses in the community. So the amount of giving and receiving there is just phenomenal. I love that idea. I wish I was closer because I, oh man, I would so join in. Well, it's tax deductible. Come on up. Bring all your friends. (laughs) Oh, that sounds awesome. For listeners who aren't in the New England area, do you also offer online classes as well? Oh, yes. Yes. I'm very much, when the pandemic hit, I learned to pivot really quickly for a lot of reasons. My day job at the moment is to teach. And that was a great training ground to pull my business online because I learned how to do Google Meets and which led itself to Zoom. And so I do readings on Zoom. I do readings by phone. You don't have to be in Maine to see me. I am very much an online entity. I think the pivoting is really important. And for those who are hesitant to work with somebody online as a reader healer, I can tell you from my own personal experience, both doing this work online, but also receiving, there really energetically is no difference. It's just the preconceptions that you bring to the table as a client. Right. So if any of you are listening, you're like, oh, but how can that? No, it's, I actually just did a house cleansing across the country remotely. So. And the work that I did this morning was remote and I teach this introduction energy class where you have to hold an energy ball and then you also have to feel not necessarily my energy, but the universal energy coming to you. And it was the first time I'd ever done it remotely on Zoom. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go, but let's do it. And they were able to feel and see and work with the energy and feel the energy. So you are correct in that, that you don't have to be across the table from me or even in the same room for me. You can be anywhere in the world and receive either a reading or healing because it's all about that source energy that's everywhere anyway. Absolutely. Jay and I just did an online reading this morning and it was one of the best energetic experiences that the three of us had had both us and who we were reading for. And, you know, like Jay says, don't be hesitant to meet with a reader online because the energy is still so cool to connect with. And I think it's 
you know, it's even more of an experience because you're not there. So to be able to feel energy remotely is just the coolest thing. And I don't know how you guys, sometimes it's easier for them to connect because it's less likely that the person that you were reading, whether it's fear, whether it's doubt, whether it's, I'm not sure, that is kind of at a bay where it's easier for their ancestors to connect with me because there isn't that additional presence of energy in the same room. Also, I think it helps eliminate for those who are skeptics or skeptical that you're reading their body language because you know what? The person we worked with, their camera was off. Um, yeah. I've been doing phone readings for 20 years at a time when people are like, oh, phone? I don't do that. You know, and not not paid. Like, that's just kind of how I started with friends and family. It wasn't a paid thing. It was mm-hmm. they simply lived far away. And that was the most practical way to do a session because the Internet was not what it was then, what it is now. And so I just got used to tuning into people's energy without seeing them. And it is kind of nice because they're also not self-conscious. They're not worried about, well, what if I'm making this face or am I doing something to give them information? No, I've had people email me a question and I email them pages of information back. So energy is energy is energy, no matter how you use it. It's just intention. Mm -hmm. And as long as you are a clear vessel, that's kind of all that matters. Getting back to the event that I did this summer, there was a guy who wasn't really razzing me, but like he was definitely a skeptic and he was really polite because you know how we get people who are not polite. Oh, yeah. He was really polite and really asking honest questions because he was curious and would listen to what I had to say. And he asked a few questions and I answered him honestly because I'm honest. And so he's like, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a, a reading. I'm like, okay. And he sat there and was open to receiving the information and clearly it was his first reading. So we didn't quite know what to do. Not that there's rules. (laughs) I don't know what I said in the moment. And I certainly can't remember what it is now, but he's like, you know, I believe a little bit more by what you just said, because there's no way you would have known what you just said. And I'm like, you're right. I said, this, this information comes from someplace else. And if anybody's worried about whether or not we remember if it's coming from source, we won't. Mm-mm. I have enough of my own stuff I need to keep track of. I don't keep track of everybody else's too. And you don't want us to remember the session that we're doing, whether it's energetic. I tend to remember energy sessions more because sometimes they're really odd. Yeah. But you never want us to remember a reading because that means something really weird happened to make us <laughs> uh, get yes. back into our human brain and go, that was really weird. Please don't be insulted when you come up to us and go, well, you did a reading and you said this, that, and the other thing. And we say, I'm sorry, I don't remember you. And I don't remember the reading that take, please take that as a high compliment, because that means it's really coming from source. Yes. And because it's channeled information, our brain isn't geared to keep that for us. And we don't remember and we won't remember. So take it as a compliment when we say, I'm sorry, I don't remember. I think the only ones that I really remember in great detail are because the information was so striking Mm -hmm. that it was like, whoa, like we did a podcast on this, I think a little bit ago that it is awe inspiring, no matter how long you've done this, when something hits so accurately that like we get shocked too. I mean, it's not that we were not accurate often, but 
there are just some moments where something flies out of your mouth and everybody is like, whoa, <laughs> like, did that just happen? In fact, I think it happened earlier today with Lisa had said something and it was like a nail on the head moment. It was like, oh, okay. Wow. Like, that is cool. <laughs> and even though I do this for a living and I'm in my own private space doing my own private thing and something hits me. I refer to that as the kid in the candy store moment. Yes. And I hope that I never lose that feeling of, oh my gosh, this really works. And oh my gosh, that was really spirit. And oh my gosh, here's my kid in the candy store moment. That I never take this stuff for granted. I've always said that if I ever hit the point where I am taking it for granted, it's time for me to step back. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I would hope that if I do take it for granted like that, that spirit kind of like smacks me up the side of the head and says, okay, you're done. And I'm not giving you any more information until you, you know, you know, right. you come become down a bit more, a bit more humble because, right. yes. you know, we are just the vessels. Like when people say, oh, I'm a healer. Well, we're the vessel for healing. We are, mm-hmm. right. we're the vessel for the message or through which the message flows. It's not really us. We're just putting ourselves in the right place, frame of mind and clarity that we can channel. You know, I love that the three of us have such a similar vibration. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Well, I tell people it's like it's like an electrical appliance. The appliance doesn't work unless it's plugged into the energy source. Right. We can't run unless we're plugged into the energy source and we're fairly useless without that. So if you have an appliance that isn't working, like, you know, (laughs) It's because it's just not plugged in. So, and anybody can plug in right. to that energy source. So, you know, again, we're just, you know, like you said, we're vessels, we're the appliance that just accesses that energy. Yeah. Jeannie, thank you so much for joining us today. An absolute pleasure to have you on our show. I agree. This has been an amazing pleasure to be able to talk to both of you. I know that we have never met each other in real life, but it feels so good and it feels so much like we're friends already that I love this. So thank you again for inviting me on and having me on because this, this was a blast. Oh, for us too. Souls and spirits. Thank you again for joining us. And until next time, may love and light surround you and your loved ones. Thank you for joining us today for our visit with spirit. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you have any questions or comments or would like to be a guest on our show, email us at visitwithspirit at gmail.com or find us on social media. Until next time, may love and light surround you and come back again to Visit With Spirit.